1: Welcome to the BCP Podcast. I am James BCP. It's the end of February. Got a little bonus day, being a leap year. This weekend, I will be putting up the podcast version of my conversation with Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. For those not watching um, or listening, I'm wearing a shirt from several years ago with General Flynn on it that says Hero. I showed it to him Uh when we had this conversation, and you can see how that went. That's at the very beginning of my conversation with him. Uh, For those of you in our inner circle uh, Patreon group, you have early access to the raw footage. You can see that. Now, I started every episode with Joe Biden talking to his team before November 2020 about the extensive and inclusive voter fraud operation they have going on. Tucker Carlson was on the Lex Friedman podcast. Lex Friedman podcast is one of my favorite podcasts when I listen to podcasters. And he asked him about the 2020 election and if it was rigged. And Tucker Carlson emphatically told him, yes, it was. And why?
0: Uh, you said uh, you, to some degree the election was rigged. Was, was was it, it stolen? Totally ridiculous. It was to- 100% stolen. Are you like joking? Like it was rigged to a, that large of a yeah, degree. Yeah, they, they completely change the way people vote right before the election on the basis of COVID, which had nothing to do with- So in make- that way it was rigged. 100%. Meaning like and then- Manipulated. Then you censor the information people are allowed to get. Anyone who complains about COVID, which is like, by the way, it might've hurt Trump. But I mean, it's like, whatever. I mean, you could play it many different ways. You, you can't have censorship in a democracy by definition. Here's how it works. The people rule, they vote for representatives to carry their agenda to the capital city and get it enacted. That's how they're in charge. And then every few years they get to reassess the performance of those people in an election. In order to do that, they need, a, they need access, unfettered access to information and no one particularly not people who are already in power is allowed to tell them what information they can have they have to have all information that they want whether the people in charge want it or don't want it or think it's true or think it's false it doesn't matter and the second you don't have that you don't have a democracy it's not a free election
1: period so we have tucker carlson when giving more detail on how the 2020 election was stolen is talking about, obviously, that they changed all the rules for mail-in ballots, which allowed them to stuff the ballot box with non-voters and steal the election, and also the suppression of information and censorship. For instance, a poll showed that many Democrats and many people, independents and others, would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop. But the Hunter Biden laptop was suppressed. So... They don't really go into more detail than that uh, from the portion that I saw. And then they go on to talk about Joe Biden's age and his cognitive decline and what have you. But since we're on the topic of Hunter Biden, how about we listen to Matt Gates coming out of the closed door deposition of Hunter Biden? This is what Matt Gates had to say about what happened behind closed doors. Yeah, I-
2: I'd say that there were a number of interesting moments, but perhaps none more interesting than when Hunter Biden told us that he uh, joined the Burisma board to counter Russian aggression. I, I hadn't heard that one before, that thank goodness we had Hunter Biden on the Burisma board uh, because that was uh, central to his strategy to stand up to Vladimir Putin. He so, he taken the fifth at all? No. He's, has, answer, he's, he's, he's been responsive to questions. Has yeah. he told you exactly what value he brought to any of these wars, any of these companies yet? Have you guys asked him that? Yeah, we've asked those questions and there is, there is an illusory value. It is a mirage to believe that Hunter Biden was engaged in international business. This was uh, a bribe masquerading as an international business transaction. Nothing more, nothing less.
1: Exactly. Who are they fooling with this idea that Hunter Biden was an international businessman. He was the James Bond. And in his own mind, as Matt Gates said, uh, he was the one stopping Russia single-handedly on the board of a corrupt energy company in Ukraine, who at the time was recognized as the second most corrupt country in the world. Now, what's interesting is that, in fact, Hunter Biden was more like Austin Powers or Mr. Magoo, than he was James Bond. But of course, he's a hero in his own mind.
2: I thought it was a pretty strange uh, statement. Either Perhaps it jumps off the page when he says it in his own words.
1: I want to go back to one last part of Matt Gates talking about how this bribery took place. We don't need to have, we don't need to show, as I have told you before in this program, because we're never going to see money sent from... Ukraine or China directly into the account, the bank account of Joe and Joe Biden. That's not how it works.
2: I believe that you can actually bribe someone by paying their family members. Like, I don't get this construct that unless Joe Biden himself received cash, that he somehow wasn't involved in the bribery operation. Joe Biden was doing the bidding of Barisma, he was doing the bidding of Chinese communists, and his family was getting enriched as a consequence. To me, that's a pretty strong case for bribery. Oh, sure, really quickly, I'm sure you've heard the news about Mitch McConnell. Any
1: reaction? Okay, since Matt Gates, as you could hear there, the reporter was following him uh, to ask him about Mitch McConnell. What I want to do here is I want to give you some follow-up and some updates to stories that we covered yesterday. Before I get into the breaking news. Uh, For today. So let's go into the aftermath of this announcement by Mitch McConnell that he's bowing out. And guess who wants to come in? Texas rhino John Cornyn has declared his candidacy to succeed Mitch McConnell as the GOP Senate leader. In a statement, he said, I am asking my Republican colleagues. To give me the opportunity to succeed leader Mitch McConnell, I've learned a lot during my time both in and out of Senate leadership. Throughout my time, I've built a track record of listening to colleagues and seeking consensus while leading the fight to stop bad policies that are harmful to our nation and the conservative cause. I believe the Senate is broken. That is not news to anyone. The good news is it can be fixed, and I intend to play a role in fixing it. From experience, I've learned what works in the Senate and what does not. And I'm confident Senate Republicans can restore our institution to the essential role it serves in our constitutional republic. He went on to say that he also wants to improve communication between members, move spending bills individually, and try to include every member in decisions. The Associated Press noted that in his response to constant complaints from senators about year-end spending bills and McConnell's leadership approach, that those are his answers. So uh, that's what we need. We just need a, uh, a another rhino uh, there. So, a rhino from Texas to replace a rhino from Kentucky, which is a shame because those are two states with fabulously conservative base, but their representatives don't represent them. Now, here's what the House Freedom Caucus had to say. They actually had a very, very funny tweet. Uh, they tweeted out, Our thoughts are with our Democratic colleagues in the Senate on the retirement of their co-majority leader, Mitch McConnell, Democrat from Ukraine. (laughs) No need to wait till November. Senate Republicans should immediately elect a Republican minority leader. For those of you reading it, uh, they highlighted the word Republican minority leader. And yes, the House Freedom Caucus called Leader Mitch McConnell a Democrat from Ukraine in this tweet. Saying that he was the co-majority leader. In other words, McConnell's a swamp creature who's lockstep with his supposed opposition, Chucky e. Schumer, in the Senate. Gotta love the sense of humor that can come through in a tweet. Now, one person who's not happy that Mitch McConnell is leaving, and it plays into that tweet I just read you from uh, the House Freedom Caucus, is Joe Biden. He is losing one of his last levers of support over the Republican Party, and he seems to be glum about it. This is uh, Biden being asked uh, about this, and this is his answer. This is uh, what he had to say about this.
3: Because the audio
1: is bad, what Biden uh, is saying here is, he's saying, I trusted him. We had a great relationship. We fought like hell, but he never, never, never misrepresented anything. I'm sorry to hear he's stepping down. He's sorry to hear he's losing support in the Senate in the guise of an opposition minority leader for the Republicans. All right. Also following up, uh, yesterday I reported about this man, Deputy DA Jeff DeSantis. He is uh, apparently the mole. He is the representative of Joe Biden from the White House on the Fannie Willis team. Well, we've got a lot more information to share about this, uh, courtesy of an exclusive from Breitbart News. Democrat Operative and Fulton County Deputy District Attorney Jeff DeSantis received four payments totaling $131,335 for providing consulting services to Gabriel Amo, a Democrat from Rhode Island, a former Biden White House aide who worked with local elected officials. And this is coming from FEC Federal Election Commission records. Now, the reason why this money flow is important is because, as we talked yesterday, we're going to see that this is how they are funding and moving and having an operative of the White House on this prosecutorial and persecutorial team in the Fannie Willis office against President Trump. The money flow is significant because sources with direct knowledge of Fulton County's offices told Breitbart News that DeSantis's is, is a Biden plan inside a Fulton County office to target former President Donald Trump. DeSantis' payments were previously unreported. DeSantis was working at county DA's office while operating a consulting firm named 2020 Insights LLC. Sources say that the deputy district attorneys would likely have to sign an oath that prohibits them from working outside their county employment agreement. DeSantis' oath, if he signed one, remains undisclosed. It's also curious that DeSantis contracted with Amo, who worked in the Biden administration as a deputy director of the White House of Intergovernmental Affairs before running for Congress in 2023. There, he worked as a principal liaison to mayors and local elected officials. Yes, the person that is connected to this, who is the link, is the person that from the White House was responsible for connecting Democrat. Local elected officials. Amo also served as an advisor on Joe Biden's 2020 campaign and later served on his transition team. That is the connection to the White House. DeSantis did this. He's the one. He's the one pulling all the strings. He's the one that walled her Willis off. He was in every important meeting. He is a brainchild behind this, as we shared with you yesterday. Now, DeSantis is a wealthy and successful Democrat operative. He ran Willis's 2020 campaign, and even though this was a state campaign, do you know how much he raised? He raised four million dollars. He had over four million dollars in donations for running the district attorney's race. Why would you want to take a major pay cut to get a seventy or eighty thousand dollar prosecutorial job? The sources asked. I have no idea why. And DeSantis has professional experience far greater than the average county employee. He was the former executive director of the Democrat Party of Georgia, and he has extensive knowledge of campaign finance law. He was also the deputy director of compliance for the DNC. Now, he founded this company, 2020 Insights, in 2010. He was a registered agent for the company, but this month he was replaced by his partner. The timing of this change is suspicious. So, his company replaced DeSantis, DeSantis as the registered agent just weeks before Willis testified about her affair with fellow Trump prosecutor Nathan Wade, and two days after court filing alleged Willis's romantic relationship with Wade. When it comes to uh, the Democrats, there are no accidents. When it comes to the Rhinos, there are no accidents. So, the timing of this is beyond suspicious it is par for course when they're trying to hide their tracks and their connections and what's really happening. They do it uh, in our face. They didn't think that Fanny Willis would find herself or nor Nathan Wade would find themselves uh, in a public hearing about their affair and their malfeasance and their operation, uh, their love tryst operation to get Trump. So that is the guy, and more information is coming out. Bravo to Breitbart for getting in there and doing the heavy lifting and the actual journalism that used to be the pride of major mainstream news media, but they no longer want to do or are getting paid to do as they're just operatives for the Uniparty in D.C., mostly the Marxist Democrats. Okay, let's get into the White House physician report of Biden. Uh, First thing you should need to know is that Biden is suffering from neuropathy in feet and a stiffened gait, as if we couldn't tell. And this is according to White House physician Kevin O'Connor. And this is explaining why he uh, struggles to remain upright. Uh, this, is, I mean, this is not a medical show, so if you want to know what those things mean, look them up. But what I found to be more interesting is the White House doctor has released this written summary of of Joe Biden's unannounced physical examination. As I reported yesterday, this was an unannounced visit to Walter Reed, and this is what we got today. So, it's being scrutinized, and of course, we have no cognitive test. They don't want to do that. Now, Joe Biden trying to be a funny guy, this is what he had to say on possible health concerns Uh, following his annual uh, checkup yesterday. (laughs) That Joe Biden is a well-meaning old man with memory problems, and that's why he shouldn't be prosecuted for the treasonous, traitorous actions that that bastard has taken against America, and in favor of Ukraine and money laundering to other U.S. politicians, and also bending over backwards for China, like the Chinese whore that he is. I'm talking about Joe Biden being a whore for China. Nothing against Chinese uh, men and women who may or may not sell their bodies. Now, Joe Biden being the worst type of whore than any of the aforementioned uh, prostitutes. He says that They think he looks too young and there's absolutely nothing to worry about when it comes to his health. All right, now let's get into the breaking news. A judge has blocked the Texas law that gives police broad powers to arrest illegal aliens who are in Texas and in our country illegally. A federal judge has blocked a Texas law that allows police to arrest migrants suspected of entering the U.S. illegally. This uh, this judge did not like that these uh, that this gives broad police powers to arrest migrants. The preliminary injunction granted by U.S. District Judge David Ezra pauses a law that was set to take effect March 5th, and came as Joe Biden and his likely Republican challenger in November were visiting Texas's southern border to discuss immigration. Texas officials are expected to appeal. Opponents have called the Texas measure the most dramatic attempt by a state to police immigration since the 2010 Arizona law that opponents rebuked as show me your papers bill. The U.S. Supreme Court partially struck down the Arizona law, but some Texas Republican leaders who often refer to the migrant influx as an, agent, as an invasion want that ruling to get a second look. Ezra cited the Constitution, Supremacy Clause, and U.S. Supreme Court decisions as factors that contributed to his ruling. He said that Texas law would conflict with federal immigration law and the nation's foreign relations and treaty obligations. Allowing Texas to pr- permanently supersede federal directives due to a so-called invasion would amount to nullification of federal law and authority, a notion that is antithetical to the Constitution and has been unequivocally rejected by federal courts since the Civil War, the judge wrote. Signed the Supreme Court's decision on the Arizona law, Ezra wrote that the Texas law was preempted and he struck down state officials' claims that large numbers of illegal border crossings constitute an invasion. The lawsuit is among several legal battles between Texas and Biden's administration over how far the state can go to try to prevent illegal immigrants from crossing the border. Even we have here uh, Breitbart refusing To call it what it is, illegal immigration, still going by the migrants. Yes, they are migrants. They are illegally uh, migrants who have illegally entered our country. When you have millions, millions of military-aged men without families just coming in, that's an invasion. And who cares about the federal supremacy when the federal government is not doing their job? So, of course, they're going to appeal. And I hope at the end of the day, they do like they did over in the park and tell them to pound sand and continue to arrest these people anyway. The state of Texas has all the right to disobey the federal government who isn't doing their job of protecting our border. Okay, so uh, big news. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear Trump's presidential immunity claim in Special Counsel Jack Smith's January case in D.C., the High Court will hear oral arguments on an expedited schedule. That's going to take place the week of April 22nd, and they will decide by the end of the term in June or sooner. Now, what does this mean? Well, this is bad news for the Democrats, potentially, and great news for President Trump. Not even in the fact whether or not the Supreme Court is going to side with President Trump and his legal team, but here's why. Judge Tanya Chutkin, if you recall, has uh, had postponed the March 4th trial date indefinitely while this immunity argument made its way through the courts. Jack Smith's January 6th trial may now be postponed until past November. If the Supreme Court decides quickly to reject Trump's uh, bold immunity claim, It may permit a final trial on the 2020 election interference to occur later this summer or fall, but there's no guarantee a final decision will actually come before November. And that is what the far-left New Republic is reporting, and they're lamenting what's going on here at the Supreme Court. Quote, Former appeals court judge Michael Ludig predicted that it is now probably unimaginable that Trump will be tried in special counsel Jack Smith's federal election interference trial before the 2024 election. So this is uh, absolutely a fabulous news, and it caused uh, Rachel Madcow to absolutely flip out. And I haven't played Rachel Madcow on this show in a long time, but this was glorious, as Colin Rugg put it, watching far-left MSNBC host Rachel Maddow work herself into a panic and claims that Donald Trump will remain in office for life if he is elected in 2024.
3: Now, if you think about the, the court as the Supreme Court of the United States and a rational actor and a decent one, that was a reasonable supposition, and it just turns out they're not bad. Um, you'll, you know, incremental bit of progress here. The important question here is not whether the Supreme Court is going to decide that Donald Trump and all presidents are immune from prosecution for things they commit crimes they committed while they were president. I mean, it would be fully insane for them to actually side with Trump here. Right? The conclusion that we can arrive at now based on what they have done without having to wait for the ruling is that they are ensuring that Trump will not face trial and when they inevitably rule that presidents aren't immune from prosecution after they leave office, what that will tell Donald Trump, if by then he is president, is that he can never leave the office of the presidency. And if he is voted out in 2028, he cannot leave office, and he is, willing to com- he, is, he is welcome to commit any crimes he wants to, as long as he is still president in order to ignore the result of that election and stay in power for life, because otherwise he is going to go to prison when he gets out.
1: The unhinged fear-mongering from Rachel Maddow and her compadres, her compatriots, her comrades from the Marxist mainstream mockingbird media is hysterical. Well, I guess it isn't. Remember when President Trump won 2020 but said he didn't, but, but they stole it from him and he stayed in power because he was a legitimate president, even though they had certified a fraudulent election? Remember when President Trump had to be forced out kicking and screaming from the White House? Yeah, I don't remember that either because it didn't happen. And it wouldn't happen after President Trump finishes his second term either. Though I know lots of people have opined that President Trump should be able to serve more than his uh, his four years because he was robbed in 2020. Absolute insanity. All right, let me. Uh, I want to get these two other stories in. They are doing major construction work outside our studios here, repaving the streets for the next week and a half. And it's hard to time this. So if you do hear that in the background, especially for those of you on the audio, we'll try to edit out that noise as much as possible. But uh, two stories. Let's end with... Well, this penultimate story is good news. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has gotten a landmark victory as the courts have struck down Biden's $1.7 trillion spending bill... It's unconstitutional, and here's why. It's how it was passed. They used proxy, the proxy voting scheme to pass this, and they didn't form a proper quorum to pass it in the first place. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson has secured a victory against the Biden regime as a federal judge deemed the $1.7 trillion spending bill passed by the Democrats at the end of 2022 unconstitutional. This ruling delivered by Judge Wesley Hendricks of the Northern District of Texas opens the possibility of blocking Biden's allocations of billions in taxpayer funds through subsequent litigation. The omnibus bill signed by Joe Biden in 2022 amid a family vacation in St. Croix and flown to the location to meet at to meet a December 30th deadline earmarked 45 billion for Ukraine among other contentious allegations. And remember, there was something there about the border security, but there was money for Ukraine. Attorney General Paxson filed a lawsuit early last year, challenging the implementation of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, bringing into question the constitutionality of the House's quorum during its passage. The bill was passed with less than half of U.S. Congress physically present. The suit highlighted that the House permitted proxy voting, a move that Paxson argued, contradicts over two centuries of legislative practice under the Constitution's quorum clause. So they didn't vote on this properly, therefore it was passed and the action by which it was passed was unconstitutional, making it null and void. So this is uh, good news here and there'll be some repercussions and we will have, I'm sure, follow-up reporting on that. And last year with President Trump, he will be posting a $100 million bond and asking a stay for the $464 million judgment in ridiculous Letitia James's Soviet Gestapo, Marxist-style New York City sham clown show known or called by the left a fraud trial. This is what NBC News is reporting. They are saying the following. Lawyers for former President... Trump are seeking to pause the enforcement of the penalties of his civil fraud trial, telling the court that he intends to post a bond of only $100 million, well short of the $464 million judgment ordered by Manhattan Supreme Court Judge Arthur Angeren. Angeren's judgment issued earlier this month ordered Trump to pay $355 million fine plus interest and blocked him from running any New York-based company, including his own, for three years. In a court filing yesterday, Trump's lawyer argued that the penalties are unprecedented, and punitive. And yes, they are punitive. They are meant to punish President Trump for having the audacity of actually representing the American people with Make America Great Again and with America First policies. That is why they're going after him because they can't stop him from winning in 2024. So they're trying to imprison him, bankrupt him, kill him, keep him off the ballot, And anything else they possibly can do. I believe President Trump will be president again. This time next year. And it will be by the hand of providence. Because that's all we have to go on right now. Yeah there have been some laws changed. But still there have been no consequences for the stealing of the 2022 election. Midterm election. Which came after the big steal of the 2020 election. So we know they're going to try. But. I am having faith that our Father in Heaven has heard our petition the last two times and that the good and righteous people of this land are hearing our pleas and our prayers heard. And by miracles yet seen by us, President Trump will be ushered in again next year. Folks, you may call my faith blind, but that's the only way I see President Trump at this point getting in. Because it's all hands on deck from the demonic left to make sure that he can't be our president next year. But at the same time, there's cracks in the Democrats' side. Because it seems like they too are coming to the conclusion or settling on the fact that President Trump will be in office again. Otherwise, why would Rachel Maddow have a complete breakdown about President Trump not leaving office in 2028. Food for thought. Thanks for being here. Chow. Goodbye. God bless. Once again, thank you for your support. I'll see you again tomorrow.
0: We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did did it for our administ- the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.